morning. Buenos dias. How, how's your Spanish? I'm muy bien. Is, is it there? Um, well, good morning. I, I really, um, we, we really had a, a blessed uh, having um, some of you guys come and visit us and really um, being able to enjoy having um, the body of Christ coming together and serve. Uh, down with us. We, um, today, I, I really wanted to um, just, again, share my heart of what, what's, what, what do we do? Uh, what do we do in Ecuador? You, you've heard uh, what we do. Uh, my name is Boris Salinas. I'm the founder and director of um, Dunamis. We, uh, my wife and I, we started a ministry there um, Ten, uh, 10 years ago with the purpose of teaching life skills to girls that were coming out of human trafficking and and they had no skills after they finished. So we were thinking like, okay, well, what do we do? And then we started with this workshops there, just started seeing the need in our community. And that's basically what I want you to picture is that, uh, is what Jason was mentioning, that you don't have to be a thousand miles away to do uh, what you can do here. And what I was able to see, you can see here as well. And, and, and I'm gonna just share a little bit of my story so that you can picture it, that you can also do it here. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, um, uh, you know, super young or old or super mature on the word or this and that. You just have to have a heart for the Lord in the service and, and really see uh, seek his voice and really seek what he wants you to do, and that's basically what we did with um, with our family. We 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 saw the need for these girls that to have a skill to really learn something, and um, and we start work going to these organizations and foundations, and we started teaching them um, how to sew, how to make jewelry with this nut that grows in the jungle uh, and the coast of Ecuador. And we were cutting it, working, dyeing it, making all kinds of beautiful jewelry out of it. And these girls were making and they were learning about this. Anyway, so all these things were working and we were thinking, well, this is going to be a, um, a great opportunity to really share it also as, we are share, as we're working, sharing the gospel with these girls. But then we, pretty soon we learned that these girls had... Um, there were only these places for three months and then they were being sent either to their home or to another foundation. And then that was it. Those three months were gone. We were not able to really um, share the love of Christ fully and um, as we wanted to. So that's when um, Dunamis starts showing up and that's where we asked the Lord that we, Lord, if this is what you want, Show us that this is what you want. And um, well, the funds came and we were able to purchase a property to buy uh, the land that we're in now. Um, and the house that we, we run is uh, Casa Zoe. And um, we host 16 girls in this house. It, I mean, the capacity is for 16. Right now we have 12 girls and... Um, and we have three girls that are pregnant, well, two girls that are pregnant and one that has a baby. Uh, the ages of these girls uh, are from eight to 
to 17. We only work with minors. And um, yeah, but you might go like, okay, so what got this person in this type of ministry? What what got this person in, in, into this? And, and before I can jump in more and tell you more about the ministry and what we do uh, with these girls, I'd like to share a little bit of my story. Um, I was I was born Colombian, uh, thrown out of my house when I was 11, and um, lived on the streets for three and a half years. But I don't know if you're familiar with Bogota. Bogota is the main capital of Ecuador, of Colombia, and that's like right in the middle of this country. And you can't see the ocean from there. It's really far. So we, I decided to make uh, my way at 11 years old, jumping in buses, trucks, everything I could in order to get to, um, to the coast of, of Colombia, which was Cartagena. And at 11 years old, my skills of really grabbing the good buzz or the good directions were not that great. So I ended up in the border of Ecuador and Colombia at 11 years old and got into this country, end up in the coast, uh, later on, and um, where I end up was really an area that was really poor. Um, really just ask for for the food from people. And the way I was making my, my living after this point, I was begging for, for food or begging for money or searching, looking on the trash for food, just really making that. That was how I was surviving. And, but until I got to this place and it was really hard to make my living in this place um, I decided my, to make my way back to the city where it was Quito and I met a group of kids about 30 kids that were living on the streets got involved they were involved in drugs they were involved in stealing and um, just taking uh, whatever did not belong to them uh, for their um, for their benefits and Anyway, so we, I learned pretty soon that in order for me to have a, uh, to, in order for me to survive there, I needed to do the same thing. So got involved in drugs, stealing, did that for three and a half years um, until, until I saw this beautiful hat crossing across the street with this kit that was wearing it. And I'm like, well, I, I like that baseball cap. I want it. So I, I have my friends with me, and um, I cross the street back, and I told my friends, well, I'm going to shake this kid a little bit, and then you can take the rest of it. I just want his hat. And, and I did that. I went over, took his hat. And the, thing, the next thing that happened is I left my friends there. I crossed the street back. And then when I was crossing the street back, um, somebody came and hit me in the back of my head, and um, lights were off. Woke up in the hospital with blood all over my clothes. And um, the doctor um, said, well, somebody hit you in the head and knocked you out. And I was looking for the hat, and I didn't see it around me. So I figured maybe the owner did not want me to have his hat. So just kind of put trying to put things together. And it wasn't until um, I started walking and kind of... Um, want to move that I couldn't do that very well I couldn't see very well I was blurry it was hard to breathe it's hard to walk 
And it wasn't until the doctors got the x-rayed and saw that my head had been um, broken, but not just not just only broken, the, the skull have been cracked and the piece of bone have been stocked in my brain and they needed to remove that and they needed to get into surgery. Well, it was hard because we, we up to this point, I was on the streets, they had a place to, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't have a place to live, I, I didn't have family, nothing. So um, the only family that I had was all these kids on the streets, and <laughs> they didn't have no money. But I, I knew, I have to that point, I also met all these churches and groups, like you guys, uh, will go to the streets and give food and, uh, and share the gospel every every. Every Wednesday night, they will be sharing God's word. And um, even though I, I've learned also from my friends that they were lifting up their hands uh, every time they share the gospel and they will ask, who wants to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? And I noticed that my friends were putting their hands up all, every Wednesday. And they were getting seconds on soup, seconds on rise. I'm like, well... Um, I, I want seconds on, on that too. So every Wednesday night for a plate of soup, for rice, for whatever it was, I was accepting Jesus Christ every Wednesday night. And, and it wasn't um, until my accident that um, these churches came together and um, they heard about Boris getting hurt and they put some finances together so I could uh, get the surgery that I needed. They needed to remove that piece of bone. Uh, but it was not only that. Uh, the doctor said, you can lose your sight, you can lose half a movement of your body, or you can die through the surgery. Uh, you already have blood, and there's pressure there, or or, or maybe the, the, these three things could happen. You can be blind and lose half a movement of your body and then die later through the years. But... Thank God nothing happened afterwards. Uh, my back was really uh, numb for a year. But after that, I was able to get back in, in, in my normal, uh, in my normality. But where, what I learned through that time was that this North American couple that was in Ecuador serving God was able to go there and, and to the hospital and said, Boris, do you want to come and live with us? And as soon as that moment happened, I'm looking at these dollar signs. And I'm going, man, I wanna, I'm going to go with these guys and I'm going to steal everything they have. I'm going to take everything they, uh, right after I recovered. And, and it wasn't like that. When I got to their home, it was um, very different. They really cared for me. They really wanted to have a relationship with me. They really wanted to know who Boris is and um, and what they could do in order for me to get to know me. And I'm thinking, well, I might have to accept Jesus every time we sit down on the table to um, eat breakfast or lunch. Or very different. Then the dynamic got used there was very different. But that was what it changed my whole 
idea of Jesus. And up to this point, I'm, I'm getting to know God and start starting to serve him at different churches and different places. And um, I, get, I get this... Um, this thing to start serving him everywhere I went and start really getting really tired of, um, of serving him in, in everywhere I go. Um, cause I wanted everybody to hear what I had to say and they needed to change immediately to Jesus. That's really what we all want, right? That, Hey, we have God and we want everybody to change to God right away. And it just doesn't work like that. And so I just just start really getting really um, tired about that, and um, I ask the Lord to, um, Lord, why was I created? Why was I still alive? Why was I still moving around in um, uh, in this country? Being raised by a family it wasn't even from that country. It was just all these things that were happening. I said. I don't think is to satisfy myself serving you, um, thinking that I'm doing great things serving you. I want to stop doing whatever I'm doing to you tell me what it is that I'm still here for. Why? Why is that? But when you start asking those questions and you really start praying to the Lord, like, I really want you to tell me what that is. What is that, Lord? Um, you, um, the, most of the time, the answer that you're going to receive is not what you want to do. And, um, and you end up um, in a situation where you go, really, I don't think it might be this other thing. Yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know, serving the people in this community, maybe that's not what the Lord wants me to do. Maybe it's just this other thing over here because I feel better and it's just, I'm just better at this than this other thing. And that was my, um, that's where I was standing. And I was able to see um, all these girls that after this point have been on the streets and I knew what was happening and all these girls being sold on the streets and and I knew about this situation. When all these memories came back to me, um, I said, I don't think this is the ministry that I'm supposed to get involved. But later on, I got the chance to meet my wife, and we started what now is, um, is Dunamis. And, um, and I would like to share with you some... Um, um, what the problem of the, the of the of the of Ecuador is? So, can you can you go on the next slide? Next slide. So, Ecuador is a it's a transition country where um, um, just about twenty. 20,000 girls and kids go through this uh, country. So it's a country that is well located between Ecuador and um, and Peru. So we get a lot of transition between this country. It's not a country that that, um, that, um, is growing 
uh, cocaine, but it's um, it is a country that is used to transport and, and get those things through there. So that creates a lot of the, the up and going um, uh, drug cartels and things that move up there. Um, our work is really, our, our mission and vision is to really be um, the hands and feet of Jesus in the field. And we are a um, uh, Christian-based organization and we have a Christian center program for girls who have been rescued from sex uh, trafficking. Once they get to Dunamis, we get the opportunity to, to teach them uh, life skills. But the most important thing is we, we give them protection. We give them um, uh, the, the love that they need during the time that they're with us. We, uh, we give them um, the education, the schooling, the um, uh, health care healthcare that they need, and um, during the time that they're with us, which is from six months to a year, they get the opportunity to hear that gospel through that, their time that they're with us, and that's when they get the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Um, we, we started a um, process because we noticed that all these girls were coming to us uh, very young age with babies. And when you have girls with babies and without babies, it's really hard to, make, to mix those two things together. So we end up uh, putting a uh, project together, which was the Spates House, and we now have the, um, we have a home. Last year when I was here, last time when I was here, um, the church here um, read, did an amazing, amazing Work. I wanted it for you to see it, but you'll you'll have a chance to see it, and I'm I'm sure uh, we're gonna make the opportunity for you to see how the house is finished. We finished the house. We are gonna be kicking our um, um, our opening in uh, for the girls in January. So our first girls with babies will be in this house. It'll be 12 girls and 12 babies that will be living in this uh, new house. And um, they'll have the opportunity to, um, to learn about Jesus, but not just only uh, this, have this amazing house, but yes, receive Jesus. And these girls will have the opportunity to have an encounter with him and with, um, with their children. We, we work with the community, as Jason was mentioning. We really work hard because that's where our focus is uh, and should be is that we shouldn't be having homes for, for these girls. We shouldn't be built. I mean, we'll build thousands of homes and we'll still have, we'll still have to build more, need to have to build more. But in reality is where do we really fight human trafficking is um, in, in, in uh, the awareness in the communities and making the community aware of what is going on in, um, with human trafficking, sexual abuse, and all those things. So we work really hard, and in in this team that was there had the opportunity to serve alongside of us to really share God's love with these people in, this, um, in these uh, communities. Because of that, um, this happened three weeks ago before I jump into this trip. Uh, we do a trip every year. But because of that, we, the, 
through all the, the awareness we've been doing in these four communities that we've had the opportunity to do it, uh, one of those girls was rescued uh, three weeks ago. And, um, and she's 12 years old. She is, uh, she is pregnant, but um, she will end up going into, into the house that, um, that, we have, uh, that we have now that it, it's finished. And it's an amazing opportunity. We also have workshops outside the, 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 our facilities, which is a coffee shop. We built a coffee shop to train these girls once they leave and leave the transition work. And also for um, to to teach the community different things where they can work and and how they can also learn how to do different things. We have therapies with horses. We have um, training on agriculture, and um, all the things that this team got the 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 opportunity to experience uh, and help us to get there was was something we asked the Lord. Um, we asked the Lord for um, many years ago. When we started, we, we were reading in Luke and um, that's when we asked the Lord um, that we needed help. And he said something to, uh, that he was going to, to do that. And, and before Jason comes up here and, and, and reads and tells us about what this word is, um, I wanted to encourage you to know that, um, that again, you don't have to be a thousand miles away to do this. You can do it right here. And I want to encourage you to, um, to search for what God has you here for. I don't think he brought you to Charleston, uh, just because it's a beautiful place close to the ocean close to the beach, and, and I think he's got something better than that for you. And as we've been able to experience God through the many years, we um, encourage each and one of you to be able to be those hands and feet of Jesus wherever you're at. You are the salt of this world. I mean, look, we just heard, I mean, we just, we're seeing this, what's happening in this world. But if we don't show him Jesus in what we have, there's no hope. I mean, if I ask you right now, what is the only ultimate hope in this world? I mean, for those people, the only, right now, they're waiting for people to go and share about this love of Jesus Christ. And, um, I'm going to tell you the only, the only, uh, the only savior, and the only one um, that will eventually change the lives of people is Jesus Christ. So um, I wanted to share that with you today to um, let you know that you can do it here, and um, and that God can use that. And when we prayed with my wife and and my family. Um, this, we just went and did it obediently to what he was called us to do. So each and one of us have a purpose. Which one is that is what we need to ask the Lord and really search for that purpose. And you have leaders and pastors here 
that can help you go through that uh, to get to where um, he has you for here for. And um, yeah, so I want to encourage you for that. So Jason, can you come up here real quick? So this is uh, Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord... After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Uh, that's the verse that, um, that Boris asked me to read. And obviously you can tell the, the reason why is that there is work for the Lord to do. And one of the things that has always blown me away is that God chooses to work through the laborers because God is all powerful. He's all knowing and he can do it himself. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need us to uh, do the work, to do the labor. And he, he's in such a capacity that he could just do it all himself, but he so chooses to work through the lives of his believers, of his followers, of his children. And that's what he desires to do for us. And I, I love hearing Boris's testimony of how this is a guy from Colombia that lived in Quito that had a North American family minister to him. He learned English, and now he's in Charleston, South Carolina. If the Lord ain't sovereign, I don't know what will show you that the Lord is sovereign Amen. and he's in control. It is what he his desires, what he wants to, and it's about his glory and that we are, are chosen to, to not just sit idly by. He has called each one of you to do his work, to labor for him, for his glory, and for a specific time and for a specific purpose. Another passage that Boris asked me to read, and I'll just read it and then we'll pray, is Isaiah 60, uh, 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Jesus is the light, and he, he shines through us. Let us be the light and allow Jesus to shine through us no matter where we are. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to hear the testimony of Boris and seeing how you have worked in him and through him. Father, what an amazing testimony of your sovereignty, your glory, and your goodness, your faithfulness. Wow. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be praised. Father, I lift up the Denomis Foundation. I pray for Boris and the, his leadership team, Father, that you continue to grow them. And Father, I pray that you provide more leadership there that needs to be there. Lord, the leaders for the houses, the, the workers for the houses, Father, I pray for your provision. Lord, we pray for those laborers in Denomis and Quito. Father, I pray for Charleston. I pray for the laborers here. Or that you would raise up those laborers. Or that we would be excited about the calling that you've given us. That we would seek your will for our life. Father, I thank you for this time. May you be honored and glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.